Hello there, I'm Dee Reddy and welcome to Inside Intercom. As 2020 finally nears a close, we, like most companies, have been looking back at what has been a very unusual year for most. Throughout this year on the podcast, we've heard from various companies about how they've met the challenges that have come their way. We've heard from product leaders, e-commerce leaders and customer support leaders about high volumes, new working practices and launches. But we haven't heard from the folks tasked with keeping everything going on an operational and personal level. At Intercom, we've traditionally optimised for face-to-face working as much as possible. So this year's events presented some really unique challenges for us as an organisation. In today's episode, we chat to the people who've managed to pivot and bring about major changes to how we operate whilst retaining a strong sense of culture and camaraderie across all of our teams and offices. Today you'll hear from Stanley Keegan, a recruiter here at Intercom, Eve Bowman-Murphy, Senior Manager in People Development, and Porig Mux, our Facilities and Security Programme Manager here in our Dublin office. Between their teams, they've managed to ensure that Intercom's people culture remained intact, while we all wrestled with getting used to working from home. Although we're chatting to our own colleagues here on this theme, I think there's a lot that will be relatable to most. So let's head over to the studio and hear from our panel. So thank you all for joining us today on this very special episode of Inside Intercom, where we're taking a look back at the year that was 2020 with some of the people that have kept life going for us uh, here at Intercom. So to kick us off, do you want to each give us a bit of background on your work and what you and your team do in Intercom? So Stanley, let's start with you first and foremost. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm Stanley. I'm one of the recruiters in the Dublin office. I guess what recruiting is responsible for here, we're helping teams across the business to hire great talent for their teams. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Eve. I head up the learning team at Intercom globally. So we look after all the employee learning. So that would include onboarding, uh, IC learning and manager development. Hi, I'm Farag Monks. I'm part of the workplace experience team based out of Dublin. The workplace team basically look after the running of all the offices from events, food, facilities and security in all our sites. Brilliant. Very, very important stuff. So it's safe to say for everyone and for every team in Intercom, not just the the people that we're talking to, 2020 has been a year of massive chaos and change. So what happened in your world in March and what's it been like being tasked with keeping everything going? Eve, let's start with you on this one. Yeah. How long have we got? What happened in our world in March? <laughs> well, it's like, I'll take a big deep breath. Well, obviously the way that we work changed and all of our offices and all of our intercom raids moved to work from home, remote working environments. So that had a couple of very quick knock-on effects for the learning team. The biggest thing that we had to deal with was redesigning the onboarding experience. So the company onboarding experience has always been very much a personal, like in-person, office-based experience. We've actually never had e-learning components to that in the past. And I think we I think we made the move to work from home on the Wednesday and we had two pretty big groups starting, new hire groups starting on the Monday. So on a penny, basically, we redesigned the whole onboarding and learning experience. So we now have three versions of new hire onboarding. We have a fully self-serve version for when we have very small numbers joining. We have what we call a cohort version, which is all virtual learning, all remote learning. 
but it's still group. And then we have what we're calling like a hybrid of a mixture of self-serve and group learning. So that brought like a lot of challenges for the learning team because obviously we really had to ramp up on our instructional design and our e-learning design skills very quickly. And actually, it's easy to say now, like this, everything has a silver lining. It, it probably did us a huge amount of good in the long run and that we're way ahead now. We have a wonderful blended learning strategy, which I'm really excited about, which we'll be rolling out over the next year. And that in no small part has been enabled like by COVID, a necessity, but also valuable to build the skills in the, in the group. Other things that changed like in learning have been really how we run learning. So really scaling back the amount of time that we're in learning sessions, optimizing for, you know, a virtual format, but still, still very much looking to bring people together. So our role in learning is not only about knowledge and skill acquisition. It's become really important to allow people time for social connection. And we realized in the early days in March, like when we launched, we launched lots of lunch and learns where, which focused on, you know, mastering remote working and managing remote working and some of those real standard sessions. We were inundated, like lots of people came to them and they weren't necessarily coming because they wanted advice on how to work remotely. They just needed that social connection. So we've paid a lot of attention to that over the last few months as well. And We've learned a lot this year going into FY22, ready for more, more and better blended learning. I'd imagine though, Eve, it must have been quite daunting for those people onboarding in those early days because, not to use the phrase guinea pig, but like because it's not something that had been done before and it's not what the expectation that they would have had in starting a new job. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, you know, there's lots of reflections that I have on the experience this year the first is just the willingness and the attitude of our new hires. It's always been, they've always been so up for it. Every person who's joined the company this year has had an, an extra challenge in that it's harder to build relationships, not only within their team, but across teams. And they've all stood to the challenge. But you're right, it is really, really tricky. It's very hard to onboard and to actually connect with the culture of an organization when you've for most of them, never actually set foot inside of any of our offices. And we've always really leaned heavy on the office experience to like help grow that intercom culture. So there's a couple of things we've actually had to do this year, as well as turning the onboarding experience to remote. We've actually leaned in way heavier to months two to six. So, you know, a lot of people listening to the podcast will know onboarding as traditionally like a one day event. It's actually now a learning program that runs over six months now. And that's very much because we recognize that we need to stay closer to new hires. We need to give them extra support and keep those social connections and help them build that social network within Intercom across the company. So like there's a lot more partnership with the workplace experience team to, to run events, to actually create intentional points in their weeks and in their months where they're coming together with other intercomrades and other folks who have also joined and given them some strength and some power in that, which has actually been really, really a lot of fun. And the other great thing that uh, I, I'll reflect on is just the will and the the concern from intercomrades about new hires. Like there was a point, and I think it was in around the early May, where we kind of had to say to the business, like, stand down. We've got this. The, we were inundated <laughs> with like employees, you know, reaching out. Oh, my gosh, is everything OK? Like, what about the new hires and how are we supporting them? And are we looking after them? And 
you know, which was super for our team to have that will and that support from other intercomrades. It was it was very motivating for for my team, um, and like again, just showed the kind of the, the true spirit of intercom and how we work uh, in those really challenging times. That's really cool to hear, and I think it speaks really nicely to the culture and the camaraderie that all of your teams have managed to, to foster here at Intercom. Um, so, Pork, to, to, to go to you next on that one. So just asking you to jump back to those early days in March and what that experience was like. Yeah, obviously it was a very strange one and a lot of people had to adapt to a new way of working. Our main concern was to, to provide the, the equipment really for people to continue working as if they were in the office. So that meant, you know, making IT equipment available to people, working with IT to get that equipment out to people. Like you'd be surprised the number of people who are lost without a keyboard, like simple things like that or a second screen. So it was all about being being in a position to help those and support those people. And then gradually as time went on, you know, the we team like we, we see ourselves as like kind of like the face, the first face that people see when they come in. So it's all about like intercoms culture. So as part of that, we used to connect, stay connected to what we would call our team, people who would have their finger on their pulse, on the pulse of what's going on within their team, within various different departments. We kind of describe them as like a culture builder and we'd have regular conversations with them just to see what the feeling was on the ground amongst various different teams. And from that, you know, we'd all do that individually and we'd share the feedback and comments that we were receiving so that we could try and identify trends and common issues, areas that we could work on and, and uh, improve people's experience while they were working from home. Because naturally it wasn't one of those things that people take to, given their, their living circumstances, but they've got kids at home, but people just don't like working from home. So it was just a way to try and support those people and keep make them feel that, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. We're still trying, we're still here to help. So that was one of the biggest things that we, we had to kind of support initially and then just on the practical sense was just getting the offices closed getting them secured making sure that you know everybody had what they needed to, to continue doing what they what they had would normally be doing from the office yeah and you allowed me to walk off site with quite an amount of recording <laughs> equipment so thank you for that but um but intercom was one of the kind of the the first companies i certainly heard of that actually closed down the offices so did it feel a bit strange to be kind of doing it a little bit ahead of everybody else I don't think so. I think from from my experience of being involved in in how we've managed remote working and even how we've re- reviewed going back to the office, we always take a very cautious approach. And mm-hmm. um, not that we're seen as a as just standing back and watching what everybody else is doing. Intercom wants to see what suit works best for them, and one of our primary concerns is our health and safety of, of all intercomrades and their families. Because like that, we don't know what people's living circumstances are, whether they've got relatives who are kind of like high risk, etc. So that's one of the reasons that we would the decision was made to to act quickly and say, yeah, I think the best thing here is to to shut down, be proactive rather than reactive, and in that way, like you know, it's you're seen to be safe. You're not taking any chances, and as I say, primarily our one of our core principles was uh, health and safety of every uh, single intercomrade. Stanley, just to chat to you then, I mean, going back then again, like everybody else to March for the recruitment team, what was that like? (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely interesting for sure. I I think there was a gradual change for ourselves. You know, I think in the weeks leading up to March, we had started to actually prioritize moving more towards virtual on-site interviews, for example, or moving larger parts of our process virtually before, I suppose, the office was officially closed down. And then we had, I suppose, no other option. You know, I, I think we had 
gradually been moving towards this. I, I think a lot of the uh, our recruiting process as a whole at Intercom, there would be large parts of that that would be virtual. However, when it came to the on-site interviews, obviously the clues in the name, you know, the big part of someone getting to, I suppose, get a sense as to what a new job could be like is getting to visit the office, for example, getting to meet their teammates or their manager in person. And unfortunately, we weren't able to offer those things to, to people at this time, you know, and a large part of our candidate experience that we would prioritize was based around these elements. So when we had to shift to a fully, rem I suppose, working from home model, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were staying true to the elements of our process that we had built out or the values that we have on the recruiting team, which was really around, you know, kind of making sure that people got a great experience, they could learn more about the role and, you know, it was our environment and our culture here at Intercom. And also making sure that, you know, also this was a big change for our hiring teams. They also had to move to a, you know, kind of remote interviews or, you know, interviewing while working from home, as opposed to getting to meet people face to face and making sure that they had all of the tools and resources to do that effectively there was a lot of logistics that kind of changed all of a sudden that we really had to adapt to and it was I, I think everyone responded really well to that which I think was the the great thing to see you know we really maintained our momentum in terms of hiring activity and you know what our goals were from the recruiting side you know roles that we wanted to fill or you know I suppose hires that we wanted to bring on board and um, and we didn't let this slow us down there was a lot of creativity from our core recruitment team our talent operations and coordination team to make sure that we could offer this great experience to candidates and the business and make sure that we could still evaluate people, that we could still get people to experience intercom. You know, all of this was a really key part of, I suppose, adjusting for this new way of working. So it definitely was a challenge and a bit of a shock for people. I think most of my initial calls with people throughout like March, April, you know, started off with some variation of, so you're working from home. Yes, are you working from home? And kind of just building the conversation from there. Like it was, there was, there was kind of one one way to start the conversation, really. So I, I think kind of those elements were important for people to establish because all of this was so unknown. And I think you know, a recruiting process, depending on what your situation may have been, or you know, for candidates coming through the process. Um, some may be actively looking to make a move or, you know, I suppose for us, if we were recruiting for niche roles or approaching people about positions, you know, I think there's a different dynamic to recruiting at a time like this where, you know, face to face or kind of, uh, I suppose, seeing the physical workspace, those things aren't options and they actually go a long way to helping people figure out, you know, kind of, is this something I would like to pursue more? So we did have to be creative, but those are some of the ways we uh, try to make it work um, and, and stay true to our values. Yeah, well, it's funny what you were saying there about the, the working from home conversation. I think we've all had kind of struggled this year to find small talk with people, which is probably really helpful when you're interviewing people. But like, oh, did you get up to anything nice at the weekend? No, I stayed at home. <laughs> you know, you're kind of you're, you're you're missing all these crutches that you would traditionally use. But that on-site part, I'd imagine, is hard to to recreate or or show to people when they when they when they can't actually visit the space and see what it's like and and all our offices tend to be really really lovely. Or did you have anything you wanted to add there? Yeah, so so as part of the onboarding pro process that we would go through with with new hires when we were in the office, we would do like it's kind of like the a lighthearted side of the of the onboarding process because we have, we're telling people about like what goes on, the events, etc. that happens within the within the office. 
But one of the things that people really do seem to enjoy is the tour. And we always try and make, make it a bit of a laugh. We introduce them to their teams as we're walking through the floors. But like even like people seeing about all the walls with all the intercomics on it, you know, people going, oh, what's this? I've heard about this. You don't get that experience now. And that's kind of difficult. And that's the thing that people do miss out on. Or even getting your, your swag pack, you know, on the day that you arrive. We, we What we do now, because of logistics, we send them out kind of like every month or every quarter. So it's not the same onboarding experience. So I kind of do feel for those people because they do miss out on that. And particularly in Dublin, like um, especially people who know the history of, of Stephen's Court building, where you bring yeah. them down into the basement and they see the, the vault there. It's going, oh, this is where it all happened, was it? So, you know, you, you do get an element of that as well. And there's been one or two people who've, who've got very excited to see the, what was the old podcast studio in the, in the, where it was located originally in the basement. Like people, there was a lot of people going, is this where all the podcasts were made? The Intercom podcasts were made? Oh my, and they would actually genuinely get excited by, by this. So, you know, people do miss that. And it's kind of like, I know for myself, from Sinead, when we're doing the onboardings for Dublin, and Cash um, was, has the same experience for SF in Sydney. You don't have that same interaction. It's very hard to get that buzz, that bit of a laugh, a bit of crack going with people. So from that point of view, it's difficult, but you, you do try and make it as, as much as an enjoyable experience for people as possible. But you try, it's, it's, not, it's not the same as getting what the culture is really like, because even being in the office, people see the buzz in the canteen, they walk past the bar, you know, the very the micro kitchens are all the various different snacks, mm. people standing around having a chat. They miss out on all that. And that, from that point of view, it's kind of like it's, it is difficult for, for people to, to really gauge what, what the culture is like in Intercom. Yeah, and I think as well, because we've always traditionally optimized for working face to face with each other. What, what sort of impact, you know, in other ways or for existing employees did your team have in terms of trying to coordinate that huge shift? Yeah, so it was really difficult. So like, w- what we tried to do again was we, we relied quite a lot on those culture builders that I mentioned before. And they were the ones that were giving us a lot of feedback because. At the start, we, like our main aim was to keep people connected. And it was really hard to do that over Zoom. At the start, it was a big phenomenon. It was, oh, this is brilliant. We'll do a Zoom quiz. And about three weeks into it, we were going, oh, here, I'm sick of this. Because you're looking at a laptop screen all day. You're then, your your time, your free time, you're looking at a laptop screen again. And you're just like, it, people can be very fatigued by that. So what we tried to do was try and keep people connected in various different ways. And one of them would be like some of the well-being programs that were designed through cash in San Francisco, put a lot of work in it. And it was really, really, really good for, for stuff like that, you know. And that's what we tried to keep keep people kind of connected, keep them, you know, engaged in what was going on in the office and try and keep that spirit of that culture still is still going. Yeah, and, and, and speaking about that culture, because like, you know, aside of onboarding people, like there's so many other elements to our culture that like People Development Eve have been involved in. And, you know, in the last year, we've had a whole review period. As you mentioned earlier, there's been all these multiple remote courses on offer to staff outside of that. You know, how's that gone for you guys? And, you know, has there been an, a change in the uptake that you've seen from employees, you know, taking part in those types of things? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm just listening to Porig and nodding my head here a lot of what he's saying like when I think back on 2020 March to December 2020 I think we've been through this journey of like Porig said at the beginning that sense of we're in it together shoulder to shoulder you know we all thought we were in it for a few weeks and this is kind of there's a bit of novelty and it's kind of you know mad and a bit of fun though and let's stay connected and there was definitely a push and lots of activity, lots of signups, lots of goodwill and people coming on things like Zoom sessions and so on. And then there was that point of I suppose, reality setting in and that we're in this for the longer haul. And 
So everything we've been doing, we've been doing with the backdrop of like a global pandemic happening and how are people doing in all of this? And, you know, some people have, it, some people it suited really well and they love working from home and this is what they've been waiting for and it's given them freedom to do other things. For a lot of people, that kind of Zoom fatigue, that tiredness, I won't use the term burnt out, but that just that sense of, you know, how do I muster up the energy and the spirit and the resilience to keep going? So definitely we would have spent quite a bit of time just trying to support managers around managing through COVID, helping our managers understand, like, where are there, is their discretion? What does good look like in terms of how you should be leading your team? spent a bit of time on that in the middle of the year and really encouraging people and teams to think differently about how they're working. So not to sort of pick up the way that you work and the way teams are working pre-COVID, you know, and, and replace it in virtual format. So teams slowly evolved and started to realize actually maybe like this thing of stand-up doesn't necessarily work or maybe we need to change the, the cadence and how often we're, we're meeting. So there's a lot of manager support. And then we realized that actually because of that, just that fatigue and the busyness of how people are online now, like the ability to think and to connect with people pre and post meeting, you know, that five minutes you get to like, oh, here, come here, can I just chat mm. to you about that thing that we raised? That's gone. So people are more busy. They're more active in their calendars. They're on online more often. And that has had a negative impact on signups for learning, without a doubt. People still want to learn, but they maybe are not as available as they were. Or they're 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 kind of they're jaded and they need to go for that extra walk or spend time with their kids or whatever, and that that was the thing that really gave the push for us to really properly think about building online learning experiences. So we've dabbled in that this year. We've launched ten five core skill tracks for uh, employees, two for managers, with a lot more to come, and that's been actually a real had has had a lot of impact in that people have been able to continue their learning journey, but in a way more self-managed way, like it's accessible, they can do it whatever time they want. But it's for us uh, in learning and development, it's about striking the balance of building accessible learning that is people have autonomy over when and where they do it, but then also balancing that with social connection and the peer learning aspect. So that, that's the thing that we've got to crack that nut next year. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that episode two of Offscript, our new series of candid conversations with Intercom, all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing, is out now on YouTube. Here's a teaser featuring our Chief Product Officer, Paul Adams, discussing AI-first customer service. The best place for me to start is that technology only moves in one direction. Once you go through these like before-after moments, you never go back. AI has clearly already shown us that it can help in transformational ways. It has given us a new way to do customer service. And that new way is AI first. The business that provides incredible customer service is the business that will win. And the earlier that people lean into this completely new mindset, the earlier they can deliver this incredible holy grail type of customer experience, it's a huge opportunity for businesses to literally change how people think about them. It's just a matter of time. That's all to come on episode two of Offscript. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel right now and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. 
Stanley, just to go back to you then, because before people even get in front of a screen, like one thing I've been so impressed by this year is the consistency of our recruitment processes over that period of time and a scary time for people. Can you tell us a bit about how you've adapted and and what the key challenges have been in doing it remotely and whether there's any processes that you've adopted this year that you feel you might keep? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot that we've had to introduce as a result of kind of the changes and some of the pieces I mentioned earlier, you know, I think we've really built out a much clearer structure around uh, supporting virtual on-site interviews, maybe a misnomer, but I suppose what we would do at an on-site round, you know, rec- recreating that virtually, for example. And I think, you know, in a time where people can't necessarily travel very easily or you know, I think there are a lot of restrictions. These are things that we had to think think about at the time, but maybe, you know, for us as we're hiring for our offices, you know, thinking about other logistics that may block someone from, you know, traveling to our offices or, you know, I suppose being more adaptable around that in the future. I think those are certainly things that we have built out here that will enable us to, you know, hire more consistently or I suppose, you know, in the face of any blockers such as this, I think that's really something exciting that, these things won't necessarily slow us down or we've seen that how we can adapt to these ever-changing circumstances. I think that's a really big win for our team. What other, what, you know, what are the biggest concerns outside of that that you're hearing from candidates and how have you gone about addressing them? Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot on people's minds this year with, I suppose, you know, different types of questions that they're asking. I think people are curious to, to get a sense as to, I think, that piece, you know, how are employees being, you know, supported during the summer? What are you doing during this time differently? I think it's really something, you know, candidates want to get a sense of here for sure. They want to understand, you know, kind of what our environment is looking like since we've made the move to a more, you know, work from home model um, on a longer term basis and understanding what the dynamic of that is. They're also curious to understand, you know, kind of what our I suppose, plans for the future. I think, you know, we talked about, you know, going back to the office, you know, when companies have been doing vastly different things in terms of, uh, I suppose, you know, kind of what their what their plans for the future are in terms of like fully remote models. And, you know, we're hearing very different things across the kind of company, or I suppose, the, the tech landscape. So I think this is definitely kind of top of mind for, for a lot of candidates out there. They want to understand you know, maybe what the future holds for companies in terms of, or, you know, in, in an intercoms case, you know, what we're thinking about in terms of, I suppose, you know, working right now, working for the future. And these are things that we're still figuring out, you know, we don't necessarily have all the answers, but I think to be able to give them some context to, around the way we're working right now, that's probably one of the biggest things that's on, that's on people's minds for sure. I think also, you know, candidates just want to get a sense as to, you know, I think along with building relationships with their team, getting a sense as to how they will connect or, you know, what has maybe changed in terms of job landscape. You know, we get a lot of people asking about, you know, career growth and development is obviously a big one. And, you know, some of those things haven't changed, but they want to understand maybe have there been any, I guess, changes within our environment that maybe have affected how this works. You know, and I think it's really good news stories that we can share with them there. You know, I think our, despite, you know, moving to so much of a a more kind of work from home model for the majority of this year, we're seeing so many people like um, in terms of kind of growth, their career development. These are things that Intercom is doing a phenomenal job in terms of supporting people with. So I think, you know, a lot of this is great news to be able to, to share with candidates, but I think those would definitely be some of the, the top of mind questions that we're that we're seeing coming through so far this year. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And it, 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 it must be gratifying in some respects to be able to offer good news to people when, <laughs> when, when they're raising concerns like that. Porg, you looked like you wanted to, to jump in there as well. Yeah, just to, to follow up on what Stanley was saying about like you know how we're, we're continuing to support people working from home. Like the, the Workplace team put together like a, a package called We Got Your Back. And it was a resource guide for people to work from home. And it's just about like, you know, tips in relation to ergonomics and exercise and what you do should kind of different ways. To, it supports your well-being as well. And then we also put together packages for, you know, furniture suppliers that we had built up with our local vendors who, who arranged different packages like of proper ergonomic equipment. So these are the type of things the workplace team were thinking of as well, you know, which kind of goes in line with the questions that Stanley has been, been asked, you know, what, how are we supporting our people? But then just to touch on, you know, coming back to the office, obviously the world has changed when we go back to the office, Intercom's new way of working with the new work from home policy. That'll have a massive knock-on effect to how the workplace will be designed as well. So in some respects, it's kind of an exciting thing for, for the workplace team to, to be working on. If there's one positive thing, maybe that comes out of COVID. But these are the things that we, you know, we are looking at, like what's going to happen in the future in relation to our workspaces and how people will work and you know, it's going to be it's going to be different, but it's going to be really good at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's been so much this year that's been more like a time machine, like of of moving towards trends and changes that might have happened anyway, but probably would have taken a lot longer to arrive. You know, I was just thinking, listen, to Stanley, and I think Stanley does a great job of just bringing it all together. And I'm excited to hear what candidates are hearing about our company. But and I really believe it's all absolutely true. Like we have actually had better satisfaction ratings from a better onboarding experience now than we ever received with in-office. So one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this year is, you know, I haven't heard any, we can't, like that phrase just doesn't exist at Intercom. Well, we can't do that. You know, what I have heard a lot of is how can we make that work and what could we do in place of, and I think it's testament to, you know, the creativity that's gone into things like, Obviously, I look at the onboarding, see Park in in terms of the workplace experience and supporting employees and recruiting in Stanley's world. But I think a lot of what we've built, like you say, we would have gotten there in the long run. We'll take advantage of it. One thing that's definitely, definitely required a lot of creativity this year, I think, is socializing. But it's such an integral part of a company culture. Where can you share how the WE team have, or the workplace experience team, have successfully managed, and I think you really, really have, to foster that sense of camaraderie and connection despite the need for social distancing and remote working? Yeah, so what we've been doing is we've we've tried to support intercommunities and people who lead those various different intercommunities in, in relation to the various different activities that they're, that they're doing. An example of that would be like Intergolf. That's one of the sports that's allowed at the moment. Maybe the Interzen group who do their the open Pilates classes and the like Interbook Club. And it's all about pe- keeping people connected who are of the same mindset, who are into the same thing. And it's kind of like, a, obviously, it's a very social, it's a social part of what goes on in Intercom. But this is really, really important to us so basically, like within Intercom, we have like a couple of big celebrations each year. And one of those would be our birthday celebration, which coincides with our summer summer party. And obviously with this this year, we weren't able to do that. So Sinead and co put together this brilliant idea of uh, a birthday cake. And the idea was that you would receive an apron and you would receive like uh, ingredients and instructions on how to cook this cake. And it like it's a very simple idea, but it created such a buzz. The way it was delivered, the way it was packaged, people opened it up. They didn't know what they were going to get. It was and, very cool. Yeah, and as as people received them, 
the Slack channel started to light up with all the various, oh, look what I got. This is great. And as the days went on, people were sending photographs in of, of what they cooked. And as well as that, like their kids got involved, you know, and it, it was just, it was just like a, a kind of a, a very virtual, like social event that people really bought into. And then the holiday pack, like uh, we would normally have a big holiday celebration. And in Dublin in particular, there would be like an end of year review. All our sites would do an end of year review. And they're always good fun where, you know, people come together. We couldn't do it again this year in, in person. But the um, the holiday gift was made up of like a nice mug, a throw. And then there was instructions on how to build a gingerbread house. And again, that anticipation, oh, did you receive your packet? No, I didn't receive it. And, you know, it was just a build up of it. It's again a very simple thing, but it got people together. It got people chatting. It lit up the Slack channels. And eventually photographs started coming in. And again, kids were all involved. Would have been Christmas. They were naturally, they were involved in it. Some of the houses were disastrous. There were rooms of horror. <laughs> like, like that, that's what it's all about. It's all. I believe about. the gluten-free ones were much more challenging. Yeah, the gluten-free ones were, <laughs> were disastrous. There was no way, there was no keeping them together. But uh, yeah, it, it was all about just uh, keeping people engaged and that bit of banter that I know, people interacting with each other that wouldn't normally interact with each other. But yeah, that's that's what it was. And it created a good vibe and people were really, really, you know, they're really happy and really grateful to receive what the, the, the gifts that they received. Yeah, but look, it's always nice to get a gift. And they were really, really nice packs that were put together. That must have been some challenge, though, making sure that you got kind of equitable packs sent to everyone from all the different offices. Yeah. So that, that was the thing, like um, people had to opt in. Then we had to make sure with dietary requirements that people were able to get the right package based on their their, their dietary requirements. It was a, a massive, massive amount of work that went into that. And just to organize it, even to, not, not even just to get everything shipped, but to design the package that when people were opened mm. it, it was presented to them in a certain way and that everyone's package was was received in the same condition. Was, was like the items inside the packaging were all at the same, all aligned. So that people have got the same experience when they opened it up. Like, And, you know, it was a huge, huge effort to, to get that one across the line. It, it was a, a stressful time, all right, for, for those involved, but uh, it was a huge effort. Well, they they was brilliantly executed, and, and and outside of that as well, Pork. There's been some other great social events. Like I did a candle making yep. course uh, with a group of colleagues last week, uh, some of whom I'd never met. So you're you're kind of ported straight into someone's kitchen, and then you're all melting wax on your hobs together, and it's just great fun. Our team did a a clay making course as well as part of our on-site off-site. So Eve, have you done have you done any of these things outside of the baking? You're really involved in the in Intercom's parenting group, Interparents. Yeah. Um, and you guys have been very active this year and done some great projects. Yes. Interparents is one of the ERGs, so the employee resource groups that is at Intercom. And we've got Interwomen, Interdiversity, Interparents. Uh, you mentioned the book club. There's lots and lots of them. But the ERGs are specifically for minority groups or underrepresented groups, parents being one of them. So for me, to be honest, like as a parent, I have opted out of some of the some of the more social events by choice, purely to kind of quieten down my world. Because obviously through all of the change that we had, especially earlier in the year, I had homeschooling, three kids homeschooling going on and them here for months and months on end, which was tricky. And parents have had a hard time through this. And so the interparents group have really, really leaned into try to be, first of all, the voice for parents and try and help actually advocate for what is it like to be a parent during COVID and what has it been like to actually to be working 
and parenting and schooling at the same time. And also we've really leaned in to try and create some more resources and support specifically geared towards parents. So we launched a couple of podcasts earlier in the year to just see if we could build a couple of resources. They were really well received and we've actually had a whole series. We just shipped our seventh episode and we've had like external speakers join us in conversation. We've had internal panels and we've just kept, I suppose, like the lines of communication open, lots of activity in our in our Slack channels just to create that connection and a place, a safe place for parents to sort of share. And it, it's been really actually quite inspiring and empowering to see not only how other people are managing but also to see that like other people are struggling as well you know there's been mm. days where people have been having a bit of a whinge and other intercomrades have like rallied and helped and cared about each other and that's been a lovely thing to be part of we've just we're finishing up the year with an end of year video i won't give too much away <laughs> in case inter you know in case in internal people are listening to this before christmas but it includes kind of a montage of videos from different parents around of intercom talking about things that they're grateful for this year definitely brought a tear to my eye it brought a tear to many of our eyes when we watched it but we're coming out of this stronger and better uh, i think focus on our purpose actually as an ERG and what interparents is about and with loads of ideas for what we can do as we move forward next year as well. Oh, that all sounds amazing. And what about you, Stanley? Have you managed to, you know, with friends and colleagues, stay in touch or what socializing events have you gotten involved in? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also did the the candle making course, which was phenomenal. Great fun. Um, it's great fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to have something like a, a finished product at the end of kind of doing a course like that. So I really enjoyed that one. I think also... We've been doing a lot as a team in terms of very regular coffee chats. We try and schedule something kind of, we got into a, a regular cadence of kind of doing like every day or every other day, just a, a time, you know, to allow us to to get together. And, you know, I think for you know our recruiting team, we're, we're not especially large team, but we would have great banter or just kind of casual conversations at our desk or our pod. So we were trying to recreate that or give time each day to, to allow us just for a bit of social and kind of stay connected with each other. And I think that really went a, a long way to, you know, kind of helping us stay social, kind of keep keep connected with each other and just, you know, you know, not lose that sense of team. I think that was a really important thing to to prioritize. And I've loved how it's kind of become a a very kind of core staple of our of our daily or weekly routine at this point that's something that i've personally really enjoyed i think we tried to do other things over the course of the year as well for sure we also tried to do some walking or i suppose virtual walking meetings we also did a michelle on the team she came up with a, a great idea for a fitness club and we'd assign kind of a daily work eggs routine that we'd all have to do so it was either like a <laughs> five or ten minute specific challenge or you could really do it for as long as you wanted and we all had to stick to it you know there there may have been a code doc with this as well so it was very serious so and um, i think just things like that to really help us stay together i think was a, a really big priority for us and that was a lot of fun and I think, you know, it is it is hard to stay connected with people, you know, for sure. That point about people being busier because in order to connect with people, it has to be a call. You know, it's not just a case mm -hmm. where you can rock up to someone's desk or just run into them in the canteen and just have an impromptu conversation. You know, I think that element has been taken away. So you have to 
in order for there to be a kind of social event, it has to be something almost like planned or kind of put in the calendar to kind of say, yes, we're going to connect at this time. And that's not always inducive to, I guess, how real natural human social interaction works. So I think, you know, we try to keep us relatively casual. You know, I think there's no heavy sense of commitment with a lot of the things our team has kind of built out. And I think that's gone a long way to helping keep us or allowing it to gain momentum you know that kind of way it's not something that you have to do it's something that if you want to do and if you have the time that you can take part in this and i think that's something really important for people like our our calendars are so full these days with you know calls that we have to take between you know, our managers our teammates who are our stakeholders whoever it might be and i think it's nice to have an option just to either kind of just chill out or you know a bit of kind of natural casual social interaction i think is something that we're missing at this point yeah i think i think you're right there as well because you know one thing we haven't mentioned is a big lovely thing about intercom is the amount of friendships that people forge across organizations and across teams so one thing that i think people missed maybe earlier in this year before we got into our flow of of doing those events was actually those spontaneous chats that you'd have with people even if your your work didn't bring you know bring you guys together or you didn't have an excuse to work together on a project so it's nice that as an organization we have found ways for people to maintain those connections without defaulting to zoom quizzes because notably none of you have mentioned them as part of the socializing culture which is brilliant we actually do have a cocktail evening on friday uh, I, I should say that there's a box that i'm not allowed to open until friday that has all the greens for cocktail making and it's just kind of just a bit of fun but there's plenty happening in the early days I, I did have a, hear of a few teams who were sharing pictures of their lunches <laughs> so there was a little bit of a, you know culinary look what I, look I'm missing my lunch <laughs> in the office but look what I made and there was a lot of bread baking competitions going on as well I think so much bread baking my goodness what a year <laughs> what a what a year for sourdough. Um, but folks, we focused a lot on the challenges and the successes of 2020 in our chat today. So, but would really love to finish on the most positive note that we can. So I just wanted to ask each of you, what's been your intercom highlight of this year? So Pork, we might start with you. I suppose like for, for me personally, the, the reopening of the Sydney office and, you know, we, we did that remotely. It was a refit. We got it open, and obviously with COVID, there was a lot of restrictions in how we reopened it. That was a, like a, it was a really positive thing to for me this year, and it kind of gives the rest of us that bit of hope that you know we're getting there. You know, we will be back to the office. Obviously, it'll be a few more months away, but you know, it, it's coming down the line. The light is at the end of the tunnel. So that that was a great success. It was a lot of work involved in that because actually we were with time zone difference, etc. We were taking calls at all hours of night, early in the morning. But it, it was it was a lot of work, but it was great to be involved in because it was something really positive for us to to focus on and, and share with the rest of the company. You know, we are going back to the office. Look what we've just done in Sydney. And then from from it, from the team's point of view, I suppose like uh, the way we were able to continue to keep people together with all the various different events that, you know, the virtual events, the Christmas gift, the birthday celebrations and all the mingle events that, you know, everyone just spoken about earlier on and candle making things like that. They're really important. They're very simple things, but they're really, really important. And that's that sense of people still being connected is is really important. And that's what Inter, for me, that's what Intercom is about. Coming from a, a very different working background than when I joined Intercom, like I was really taken aback by, you know, they do exactly what they say in the team. They don't just pay lip service to it. Mm. So from my point of view, they will be my, my highlights of, of this year. Stanley, what about you? 
yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of a lot of great things that have happened this year overall looking looking back at us. I, I think sure from a team perspective, I think just the way that recruiting, I guess looking at what we we've done on our team, really great to see that we've been able to keep up so much momentum around the goals that we had and you know, I think helping our teams to hire great talent during this time. I'm just I think that's a real win for for us and so great to see you know so many people joining us throughout the year like we've had more than 100 people i suppose hired for roles across our offices since march so we haven't slowed down in terms of hiring i think that's just been such a a positive thing to look back on you know that we've achieved this year so definitely that would be my topic and i think also as well we have an annual tradition at intercom around uh, an end of year review which we just had for Dublin last week. I think this was just a personal highlight for me. I love that. It's one of my favorite traditions that we have here where we usually just like get each team to talk about their achievements. It's usually region specific. So just for Dublin, but just, you know, hearing all of the amazing things that people or I suppose our teams across the board achieved throughout this year, you know, I think obviously with the the, the narrative of the pandemic kind of, uh, I suppose, you know, having an effect on how we had to adapt our working, but just so great to see all the amazing things that we achieved. And I think kind of wrapped up in this kind of fun package. It's usually an event that there's a lot of like crowd interaction or kind of banter. And, and I think, yeah, and, and we obviously it looked a little bit different this year just with video calls, but I still think we were able to capture a lot of that magic and and, you know, kind of, again take the time to highlight that this has been a difficult time and still here's all that we have achieved in the face of that i think for me i just love that intercom celebrates those like these aspects of our, of our work culture and i think to really call out you know kind of when things are tough you know that we're, we're we acknowledge that and that we we're still you know positively looking forward i think that's really a kind of a personal highlight for me just to i guess kind of to take part in that so and for sure, those would be my takeaways for the year. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that end of year review ended in the most chaotic sing song that I think I have ever, ever witnessed in my life. And I've I've visited a lot of karaoke bars in my time. So that is saying something. <laughs> Eve, what about you? Yeah. Like Sandy, lots and lots of, I'm sitting here thinking, what are my highlights? There's actually a lot of great, <laughs> great memories that I can bring from this year. I think for, for me, being given you know, a blank page around how we do learning has been brilliant. Like we had lots of challenges, but loads of opportunities. So changing the way we're learning, remote onboarding, also thinking about how we do our leadership development stuff has been really cool. And I've really relished a lot of that. For me, you know, this year has definitely confirmed that Intercom is a great place for me to be. The amount of support and camaraderie around the place has been great because we have all, you know, managed programs and drove change in the business. And we've also all been adapting to this working from home and COVID situation. And I've loved, you know, supporting other people and I've loved, you know, my peer and my colleague support. And the last thing, interparents, definitely it's been a joy to be part of that and to be creative and do the podcast and learn about this new way of, you know, kind of, sharing information but also just being part of that group and knowing that you know this is a this is a good place to be as a parent at the moment for sure uh, having all that understanding around the place uh, has been fabulous 
what a what a lovely note to end on. And I definitely agree. There's been a lot this year that would certainly make people would reaffirm or or cause people to celebrate their decision to work at Intercom. And that's that's largely down to the work of uh, all of your teams. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our episode about Intercom's People Pivot. If you did, we'd love you to give us a review. It helps like-minded people like you find our podcast. We'll be taking a break over the holiday period and re-releasing some of our favourite episodes from this year. We do hope you'll join us. This is Inside Intercom. Inside Intercom.